Are you a fan of one of the three high schools in the town of Fort Mill? Well, you've come to the right place to catch up on all the information surrounding your favorite team. We're just three old dudes who love high school athletics and love the town of Fort Mill. Call us, the Mouthy Milltowners. And welcome in, everybody, to another edition of Mally Milltowners, a very special edition this week, folks. Not because Keith Cook is here, although you are. Oh, that's not you, special. You are special. Mac Banks is here. Still not special. The daily special, 99 cents. The head coach of the Catawba Ridge football program, Mr. Zach Lindak, in the house with us again. Yeah, hey, thanks, yeah. thanks for having me, guys. Appreciate it. Thank yeah. You. yeah. He actually came back. This is your that's second right. go around. Second, second go around here. Now, we turned up the wick on you this time because last time it was just you and I yeah. talking. Right now you're in front of the whole panel, yeah. so it's a little like a grand jury. I guess I'm a little nervous over here, you know. So, so, yeah. so hang on to your seatbelt. So, um, your Copperheads not off to the start that I'm sure you would wanted mm-hmm. to have, uh, but as we were talking before we went live here, you are what your record says you are. Bill Parcells famously said that back in the day, but as you pointed out, things are not as they appear. Yeah, yeah. You know, I think if you go back and look. Um, you know, being one and four is not not ideal, but we're up ten points at halftime in the second game of the season, and the the injury bug kind of hits. And if you can kind of find a way there, and then the last three games, you know, we have the ball with a chance to score and win the football game in the last three games on the last possession. You know, so the opportunities are there, and and sometimes I think you know the the losing can magnify things, but it's not nearly as bad as what a lot of people who are just looking at scores would think and, and see that the kids are fighting, the kids are right in it. And you know, if anything, we're we're showing that no matter what happens, we're gonna stick in those games and find a way to put points on the board, whether it was a pick six up at Audrey Kell from our freshman uh, uh D B to kind of get things jump started or a, a Hail Mary almost uh last week and it falls into the kids' hands. You know, we're finding a way, we're fighting, putting points on the board. So I've been saying it for a while, you know, I think if we we keep plugging along and doing things the way we are something's going to break here soon for us i think once we get that one you know you'll you'll see us get back to where we need to be the game i go back to is is nation ford they had you by three scores and yep. then all of a sudden they didn't yep. and, and and mac and i talked about it if there was another three minutes on that clock eh, it could have been a different kettle of fish but yep. um but so like you said on the doorstep now you're about to take on the south point stallions mm-hmm. and um for better lack of a better term you scout them sure um so do you feel like now you've got a button up because that's a pretty good stallions team that's coming at you with bobby collins a lot of Mm -hmm. guys that are just athletic all over the place how do you combat that athleticism and that aggressiveness yeah i mean they're looking at them on film they're really good you know and uh, they got some really good guys up front on both sides of the ball and of course, with South Point, they got tons of athletes just spread across the field. So it's no different than what we've done in the past. And, and you know, we got to control the football. We got to play Catawba Ridge football. And I know I say that a lot, but, you know, we kind of have this system of what we look at to try to win football games, what we call our 12% rule. Uh, but we cannot turn the ball over and we have opportunities to move the ball. We've got to do it. And we got to keep them in front of us. Uh, when we're on defense and tackle. So some of the stuff that sounds really basic football, that's what you got to do when you're playing teams like that. Pick up first downs, take the yards when they're there, make tackles, you know, can't give up the big play, make them go 12, 15 plays to uh, to, to score on you. So those are the things that we're going to do. Those are the things that we have in our game plan, and we're going to tr- tr- try to go execute that on Friday night. How much do you switch things up knowing you beat them last year and knowing that, you know, they're they're probably going to be looking for some of the same stuff? But obviously, you know, if, if you're using the same stuff mm-hmm. as you did last year, 
and they're looking for it, that might be detrimental to getting the W. So how much do you switch things up, leave things the same? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so there's you know the, a balance there that you want to have stuff that you hang your hat on. We have a couple plays that we say, I don't care who we're playing, what personnel we have, this is what we're going to run, and this is who we got to be. And then, there's, of course, there's other stuff that through the scouting process, is like, hey, man, we can't ask our kid to go against that kid because he might not be able to physically beat him or out-athlete him. So we've got to, as coaches, put our kids in the best position possible. So we got to find that balance of, hey, here's what we're going to do, but we'll definitely have some wrinkles in there. We have a couple that, that we've been working on all week on the bye week, and we'll continue to work this week as we get ready for that game. Um, but, you know, in the end, it's, it's can we execute the game plan when necessary. Is it good to have a bye week when you're facing someone like South Point? Obviously, you know, when, when you have a bye week before your region play, you yeah. have time to heal up, things like that. But it seems like it's the perfect time with the front of the season behind you. Yep. And then you got the, you know, the main part of the season coming up, the most crucial part. Is it good to have it then, or would you rather have it later to maybe regroup some things? Or mm-hmm. for you, when's the best time to have a bye week? I like it right where we have it. Um, it's a good natural break between the non-region and region for us. Um, and, and, you know, your record matters and wins and losses matter. But as far as the ultimate goal of making the playoffs and doing what we want to do, none of those first five games truly matter towards any of that. So it's kind of a good resetting, a refocus. You know, it just uh, like I said, I was just texting with some of my players and they were saying, hey, coach, you know, everybody in the state's 0-0 right now, right? Nobody is up on anybody in the region. So can we take what we learned in the first half of the season and apply it now to the second half? So, you know, the bye week's always good for scouting purposes, but it's also good for, for the physical break, but also the mental break. We've been grinding really since – May 1st here in South Carolina, you know, with spring ball rolls right into summer and seven-on-seven season, which rolls right into uh, fall camp. It's You've been going almost every day since since May 1st. So to have that break, it's it's refreshing, but I think the kids will be hungry to get back to work tomorrow. I'm not trying to say that your coaching staff is old. I'll, I'll let yeah. other people opine to that. But where I am going to say is when you look at your staff, it's over 100 years of experience oh, yeah. in the game of football. Mm-hmm. And – how much do you lean on that, especially in a time like now where they've been there, done that, worn that T-shirt? Mm-hmm. How much do you lean on that and say, hey, what do you think about this? Yeah, a tremendous amount. I, I, when I hire coaches, I try to make myself the, the dumbest guy in the room. I mean, if those guys are coaching and I can stay out of the way, we're going to be pretty good. And, and when you got a guy like Chris Rust and Mike Bradley who have been head coaches, uh, Frank Ambrose has been a head coach, and I have three former head coaches on my staff, and that, that doesn't intimidate me. People have asked me that in the past, like, do you want these head coaches? Do you think they're going to – absolutely not, man. I go to them for advice. Uh, you got a guy like, you know, Alan Runyon and Mike Lewis running the offense for me and Dwayne McClain and Bruce Campbell. I mean, I can go on and on and on about – all the coaches that we have and and the great thing is is you know I can put in a game plan or I can sit there and focus on the head coaching duties and I know that those guys are are, are working and and back to your point John I mean I do I let those guys coach I don't try to be a micromanager and they understand the expectations of what I'm looking for they understand what our ultimate goal is and if you can have all those people on the same page it takes a lot of pressure off of me as a as a head head coach and you know just in my fifth year I'm still learning. There's, I'm still making mistakes. I'm still doing things that I'm sure I'm sure they probably look at themselves like, why are we doing this or why would he make that decision? But in the end, I make the decision. They have my back 100%. That, that, that goes a long way in being a head coach. 
I didn't learn a lot at, at Clemson. Um, obviously, my GPA. That's obvious. Like, yeah, that's yeah. But one thing I did learn from our favorite professor, Ma Prater, and she was very insistent on this. Her style of management was: if you are the CEO, the head coach, the head dog, whatever mm -hmm. it may be, you surround yourself with people that know a lot more than you, and they're specialized in what they do. Mm -hmm. You pay them accordingly, and you leave them be until they need you. Yep. That's almost exactly what you just said. Mm -hmm. Now, in saying that. It takes a very confident person who's comfortable in their own skin, which you seem to be, but at the same time, humble. Is that a balancing act that you have to walk a razor blade line? Uh, yeah, you know, it's something I've learned how to how to delegate more. Um, a great example, the weight room. You know, I, I would assume most head coaches in the state are, hey, I want to be in charge of that weight room. I want to do what I think is going to be best for my program. And then, you know, a couple of years ago, we hired a guy, Shane Sweeting, who I truly believe is the best strength coach in the state. And he's like, hey, coach, do you trust me? Yeah, let me lift them on game day. And I know some teams do it now, some teams don't. I was kind of like, man, I don't know if I want to do that. And I was like, okay. And, you know, even back to my days as an offensive coordinator, my groups, my units would always kind of have a slow start in the first quarter. And I always would say, man, if we could somehow just come out of the gate a little faster, trust me, let me do it. And now, you know, he he lifts them before the game and gets them ready to go, and, and, and away we go. You know, so I think it's been huge. But you're right. I, as a head coach, you want to be – you want to be the guy at times, but, man, I'm, I've learned over my years that I need to be there for everybody else. Let everyone else take it, run with it, and I'm just going to be kind of the guy that, that sews it all together. Hey, how are we looking over here? What can I do to help you out today? And if we take that servant leadership, and that's what I want in my players, I want in my coaches, if everyone's looking to make somebody else better, then I think that's the true recipe to success right there. Talking about lifting on game day, is that – just from an aspect of getting the blood flowing, mm -hmm. getting things moving, getting muscles open, yeah, and, and, you know what I'm saying? Getting, getting things firing. Right. I understand that, hey, you know, football's competitive. It's 48 minutes of, of, of battle. You're going in there basically in a 48-minute fist fight. And if you go in there kind of lackadaisical and kind of like, hey, you know, honestly, like when you run out of the tunnel and there's four, five, 6,000 people cheering, your energy's going to be up. But the science behind it, he, he asked me, he said, hey, man, let me get them fired up. I promise you they'll come out of the gate faster. It, it really has over the years proven true to us that when we lift in the games that we don't get a chance to do it, whether we're along. But even I, I remember, man, we went down to two years ago. We're playing Westwood in the playoffs, and we had to go on the road, so it's long. You got to stop to eat. And I was like, coach, you know, we're not going to have time to lift. He's packing up weights in the truck driving them down he's literally climbing on players backs and they're squatting him in the in the weight room you know and like we're gonna get a workout every road game if we can't lift he's taking plates and has workouts for them that we're lifting in the locker room doing something before the game to try to get them firing on all, all cylinders before kickoff kind of put you on the spot a little bit here mm -hmm. so you are the head coach but you're an offensive guy everybody yep. knows that but you've got – you mentioned them, Coach Lewis, Coach Runyon. They've been around the block a time or 12. Both guys very bright, very good coaches in their own right. When they're making plays and calls on offense, I know for a fact Coach Mike Lewis sees little things during the game. Mm -hmm. He'll tell you that. Yeah. He'll tell you exactly what he's seeing and because he's just as blunt as the day is oh, long. Oh, yeah, 100%. And, and so when they're making a call, as a head coach, how do you know when to keep your trap shut and mm -hmm. let it roll or when to step in and say – 
hold on a second, guys, maybe we should think about X. Yeah, it, it, for me, it comes down to trust. I trust them. We have some sheets that we put together and we're, you know, we meet often throughout the day. Um, we, we have planning periods together. Um, we texting all the times. I'm seeing this. I like this. I want to do this. So through the course of the week, you build that trust. When they're calling plays in practice or they're installing something in practice, uh, there are times that, you know, on the sidelines too, and you got headsets and you got everybody's able to talk at, at once. Hey, guys, I need you to be quiet. <laughs> I got to think here for a second to make this decision. Uh, but in the end, you got to remember that no matter what, their ultimate goal is the same as my ultimate goal. They want Catawba Ridge football to be the best it can possibly be. And, like, I know for a fact that they're, they want – to win because it means that I get to win as a head coach and I want them to win because it gives them a chance to put something on their resume someday to go be a head coach somewhere else if that's what their ultimate goal is you know I want coaches that that have aspirations to move on that want to go be a head coach somewhere and if I can help them get there you know and that doesn't mean that I'm right all the time I tell them that all the time like guys I'm, I messed that one up I should have listened to you and and Mike and and Alan both like yeah you probably should have coach you know like we, we got a really good relationship and uh it's just one of those things where you know after the game like hey man we probably should have done this different like yeah I got you you know so it's just about mutual respect we're working really hard um over there defense is doing the same thing you know I don't claim to be a defensive guru so I hired one in Chris Rust and I let him run the defense he runs everything past me we talk often but it's like hey man you do what you feel like you got to do to to keep them off the board and it works really well and you know I got a bunch of coaches that buy into doing their position and doing them really really well and just trusting them to do that I think uh, I get the best out of them by knowing that hey I might make a mistake here but I know I know Zach's got my back and we're going to live with it in the end no matter what you talked about playing copperhead football mm -hmm. and you and I have spoken so many times about what that means. I, I could recite it from memory, mm -hmm. obviously. Right. But there's one thing that I'm seeing from Catawba Ridge that's not Copperhead football this year, and that's penalties. Mm -hmm. um, any idea on what's going on there? Because some of it's mental. Some of it's just out of effort. You know, you can right. live with those as a coach. But right. some of this mental stuff, how do you clean that up and sort of get the point across? Because I know you have certain drills they have to do with penalties. Mm -hmm. How do you get that point across to, hey, guys, stop beating us? Let them see that it hurts the team. Um, so what we do at the end of each week is I'll take the, 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 the clips from Huddle and I'll put together, hey, we had this penalty. We were first and 10 inside the 20, and then all of a sudden we were first and 20 at the, at the 39, and this was the result. We had the punt. They came down and scored. If we don't take that penalty, we probably come out of there. Worst case, a field goal, that's a 10-point swing. So when they can see that, hey, my actions are hurting the football team, they're hopefully that's going to be what's going to take this stop. And, and, and understanding, again, putting other people first. Um, which, hey, listen, against Chess, we had four penalties. First week against Fort Mill, I think we had 13 or 14. So each week, I've been very proud. They have reduced the penalties. Now it's got to be the timing of the penalties. Um, you know, man, we had one against Chester. We go – 60 70 yard play for a touchdown we have a holding and then an unsportsmanlike in the same play so you go from putting seven points on the board to first and 25 it's like man what are we doing and then the other one they called i think i think on the, the radio they might announce it was a, a sideline penalty. but we we aided the runner in man i've i've been coaching football for 18 years that's the first time i've seen that penalty because like you got to be kidding me you know it's just like 
we're just making these these crazy penalties at the wrong time. That's a good penalty, right? He's grabbing his teammate. He's trying to throw him in the end zone, doing everything we can. So now it's like we, we're reducing them. Now we have to understand when they're happening. And, and, man, if we're scoring points, if we're doing things, if you're a receiver and you're blocking 15 yards down the field, let him go. We'll take the 15-yard gain as opposed to saying, okay, you held him, we picked up more yards, but now we're 10 yards further back. So, again, trying to let them see when these penalties occur – it's bec- and it's hurting the team that hopefully will cut down on, on, on when and how many that we're having. So the football nerd in all of us, I, I, I want to get – we want clarification on that. So obviously known as the Bush push, it was mm-hmm. illegal for a long, long time. Now it is. So from behind it would have been okay, but be- the fact that he sort of drug him sure. from the front, mm-hmm. that's where That the was the explanation was. I got. Okay. And, and, you know, by rule you can push the pile, you can't push the runner. Oh, okay. Now when everybody is – in that mix can you tell who you're pushing probably not but yeah it turned around to be I, I you know grab him and fell forward and pulled him with him into the end zone and that's what made them call the penalty you know so yeah i've never seen that not yeah. from that end maybe from the behind but yeah, right not, not. which is a crazy you know it there's two right there and you lose a game you know at, at that point we're down you know one point that's a huge that's a huge momentum swing you know so things like that just some of the penalties are just, I don't want to say bad. We had one up at, at Audrey Kell, the, the, the defensive players laying on our quarterback, and, and, and one of our offensive linemen reaches down and, and pulls him off and helps up our quarterback and we had a 15-yard penalty for unsportsmanlike. You know, it's like, man, they're trying to – But it wasn't malicious. No. He's right. literally just, hey, get off my guy. You know, it, so they're tough. And in that one, you know, we're, again, we're in the red zone. It backs us up. We went from third and three to third and 18. Like, that's, it's brutal. You know, so it's just one of those things, man, when you're sometimes when it rains, it pours. It's just like, man, what 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 else can we get? And you just got to weather those and, and keep plugging along. You've been so successful. Mm-hmm. And, and this is your fifth season um, here at Catawbridge, I think. Is that right? It's fifth, yeah. Five. Yep. People get accustomed to winning. Mm-hmm. And now all of a sudden you sit at one and four. Just bluntly, are you catching heat from – from the fan base, and the yeah. fan base has gotten a lot bigger. If you mm-hmm. want proof of that, look at the first the, the picture of the first football game of the year. Look at the home side. Yeah, um, I think the fire marshal might have had a heart yeah. attack looking at that. You yeah, can, a shoehorn people. people into the corners. Mm-hmm. Uh, they made the band uncomfortable for crying out loud. But right? Are you catching heat from above, below the side? Because everybody's like, "Well, wait a minute, we're one and four. We're Cadaver mm-hmm. Ridge. We're not supposed to be one and four. Yeah. No. You know, I. I the the parent support has been great. Uh, the coaches understand where we're at. The players get it. Um, administration gets it. Uh, we're just running into some bad luck, and we have great fan support. You know, and sometimes I got to remember that because as a coach, I take it really hard when we lose, like really hard. We're not sleeping at night and things, and you know, I got a wife and four kids at home where I got to be able to separate. All right, we didn't we didn't win on Friday night. We didn't play our best. I can't, I can't be, a, a, you know, this downer all weekend long. I got kids to raise and a, and a wife to be a husband to. So I think sometimes I kind of, you know, make up like, oh, my gosh, all these parents and all these fans are going to think that we're not playing well, we're not doing well. But really it's been very supportive. Keep doing what you're doing, coach. You're going to get there. Uh, you know, and we're not – I'm not an excuse maker. We have a tremendous amount of injuries into some really, really key players um that have have hurt us you know um so we're not trying to make those excuses but in the end i think people just love 
the boys on the field, they love the effort that we're given and they see it and they see that we're really close. We're really, really close. And uh, so that, that helps. It helps having the support of the parents and of the fans and of the administration. You know, Rick Lewis is a phenomenal guy to work for. And I know, you know, it's public knowledge now that Darren Wilson's leaving. But, man, what a great principal to have. And he said, just keep doing things the right way. If you just keep doing the right way, things will, will turn around for you. So when do you flip the switch from coach to husband, dad? I try to do it as soon as I pull out of Catawba Ridge High School. Uh, I'm not <laughs> – I'll be honest, I'm not real good at it right now. Um, and I don't like that when things are winning, I'm oh, I'm happy-go-lucky, let's have a good weekend, we can do it all. And then when we lose, it's like, oh, don't talk to me right now, i got to watch film. Like, i got to be better about separating those things. And that's something that I'm working on. And i got a lot of people that I go to for that advice. Like, hey, help me through this. Help me be better about it. And, you know, in the end, i got to remember that – the win-loss record's always there, but it doesn't define who I am as a husband or a dad or really even a football coach. You know, I mean, we've had some success, and now we're struggling a little bit, and, and, and we'll have success again at some point, and then we'll struggle again at some point. That's the ups and downs of, of football. My ultimate goal was to be the, the best husband, the best dad, the best mentor for these uh, players that I have. And sometimes i got to remember, man, I'm not just their coach. I want to be a mentor more than anything. So – I can't really tell them that, hey, you guys got to get more mentally tough. And then I go home all weekend and I'm, I'm acting like, a, a, you know, this, the, the oh, oh, my gosh, what was me that we had a bad game. If I'm telling my guys we got to bounce back, I got to be able to do the same thing. So to answer that question, Mac, I'm, I'm working through it. I try to, as soon as I drive home, get there. Some days I'm good at it, some days I'm not. But that's, that's something I need to work on as a, as a man, for sure. Well, as a, I've, I've been coaching for 30 years, and I still have to try and separate that as well. And it's, it's really not that easy because you don't want to take that home yeah. if, you, if you've had a bad day. Of course, you want to take it home with you when you've had a yeah. good day. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so I'm still working on that as a coach 30 years later. Yeah, so. you know, like great example, we, uh, we went over this past week and we opened up the car doors at the elementary school where my, my sons and, and daughter go. And when you're winning, you're – Last year we did it, we're 5-0, and oh, and you're high-fiving all the kids, and everyone thinks, oh, this is so cool. Everyone's loving us, and the parents are waving. We go over 4-1. and one. I'm like, oh, man, this is going to be brutal. And every kid is high-fiving you, and the parents are still waving. Hey, coach, hey, play. you know what I mean? Like, man, they just they just like seeing the players. They well, like they're seeing celebrities the to these kids in this town. A really. thousand percent they are. You know, with the youth camp we run and the kids run on the field. And, you know, we, we're walking on the field at Chester, and a bunch of little kids just come sprinting over and make a, a makeshift tunnel to give the kids high fives. It's like, man, we got to remember that too, that wins and losses are great. You want to win, obviously, but the impact they can have on some of these young kids is really important as well. You brought up two things there. One is these youngins are looking to your football team. I think sometimes as teenagers they don't realize – those little guys and gals that are high-fiving them, they're looking at that going, I want to wear the green and gold. Yeah. How do I get one of those jerseys? How do I become a boy a fall? Mm-hmm. How do I do X, Y, and Z? And that becomes a goal to them. But you're they're watching your players good, bad, or indifferent. And sometimes it, it would behoove them to actually walk the walk as well mm-hmm. because these younger people are looking at them. Yeah. Uh, we talk about that all the time. You know that I have a, a – 10, 9, 6, and 
a soon-to-be four-year-old, and a lot of my coaches have young children, and we have open practices, so sometimes people come to that, and you know, these kids look up to you, and the way you behave on and off the field matters. You know, so when we go over there to open up car doors, I want you to be high-fiving and, and good morning and all that stuff. And But it's a responsibility. It's, you know, you're, they're, they're getting older. They're maturing. And I said, you know, soon, a lot of these guys, my seniors, in, in four months, five months, they're done with high school. They're living their, their real life. And, and, you know, a lot of the stuff that, that hopefully we're instilling in them now will help make them – into the young man that, that that can go out there and be a positive influence in the community. And whether it's opening up car doors or making peanut butter and jelly sandwiches like we're going to do for the homeless shelter, those types of things that, you know, you represent more than yourself, right? On the front, you have Catawba Ridge, on the back, your last name, those things matter. And you got to carry that with you. And, and, and one thing that I think all people need to work on is you can 364 really, really, really good days, if 365, you do something that is just atrocious, you had a bad year. And people are always going to remember the bad that, right? And that's hard for high school kids. It's hard when they drop a pass for a touchdown in front of 5,000 people, and then all of a sudden it's all over Instagram, and it's on WBTV, and, oh, look at this drop, and it cost them the game. It can put them in a dark place. And they're, they're kids. They're, they, and so it's our job to kind of pull them along with that. And when things don't go well, we expect them to be – these guys were watching on Sundays, catching touchdown passes and throwing for 400 yards. And when it doesn't, oh, man, you're no good. And they hear all that that negativity. Sports is, is hard. It's tough mentally to, to get there. So I want to be there, support those guys, but also understand that those kids, that little kid, he loves you as much as if you caught that touchdown pass or if you didn't, that you gave him a high five on Wednesday morning before school, you just made his day, you know, and you can be that positive or influence. Or his year for that matter. Yeah, it's, it's exactly right. No matter what you have going on, you can be a positive influence in someone else's life. I mean this sincerely. I think if you set up a, a, a campaign to have replica jerseys made, mm -hmm. yep. there would be young guys and yep. gals that would actually buy those. Sure. They really, really would, not just here, but at all three high schools. Yeah. You talked about Mr. Wilson, and, and we all know Darren. Uh, we've all known him for a long, long time. Uh, my, personally, I think it's a huge loss mm -hmm. uh, for the district. I think it's a huge loss for Catawba Ridge. But you've had two, in my opinion, outstanding principals, yep. D. Christopher to Darren Wilson. You are the head football coach. So for better or for worse, Coach Lewis and the football program, that's the front porch to a school. Yeah. When you're at 4A, 5A in South Carolina, that's the front – whether people want to admit it or not, that's reality. Mm -hmm. In the back of your mind, do you are you concerned about where all those dominoes fall, or you just go day to day and just kind of play it out, or because yeah. that, that's a huge change. Sure, that's a great question. Um, I'd lie if I said no. I mean, anytime you get a new boss, yeah. you you, you got to think about that. And football is a job that is evaluated on wins and losses in the end. Right. So, you know, you have a job where if you don't perform, there's always that risk and that, that does make you a little nervous. But both both D and Darren and, and Rick still do it the right way. If you do things the right way, 
you're good. And, and I truly believe that if we do things the right way and with our saying to be the why, which is now school wide, which I'm really proud about. If we do Mr. things, Wilson plagiarized. That's yeah. Like yeah. You know, he, uh, you know, gets all this, Oh, be the why. Great idea. Where did you come up with that idea? I know where he came up with it, you know? And I tell that, you know, I joke with Matt him all the Brown's time, right? Be the one. Yeah. Right. right? Yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's, it's really funny that, you know, we, we did, they did that little uh, video for him leaving Wednesday and everyone harassed him a little bit. That was kind of my jab at him. But, um, yeah, you get. I mean, you get nervous when you're in a performance-based job, and you, you want to perform, and not necessarily to keep your job or for for dollars. I mean, intrinsically, I want to win because that's what you want to do as a head coach. But yeah, so that's it's a big hire. Um, they have big shoes to fill. Whoever gets the job, I mean, but with success is going to come other opportunities. So when D opens the school, does great jobs, has an opportunity to move over into Anderson County, and then. You know, Darren's doing great things in Rock Hill Schools calls. That's what's going to happen. When you have success, people are going to notice it, and people are going to say, hey, you know, why don't you come over here and do it for us? And, uh, you know, I think that's a, a, a testament to how good they've done over the last five years here. And, you know, in two, two years – or, excuse me, in five years to have two principals leave for uh, superintendent-type roles, I think that's pretty impressive. Tell me, in, in kind of transitioning from football, we've talked before about – you're a foster dad. Mm -hmm. So tell me about how obviously you and your wife got involved in fostering kids and things like that. Yeah. So <laughs> my wife told me we were going to do it. Uh, <laughs> Been there, done that. Yeah, yeah. She'll, uh, she'll laugh about Shocking. that. Yeah. We, uh, you know, my wife was a teacher. Uh, she taught with me at Nation Ford for a couple years. And then when we had our second child, you know, it was cheaper to have her stay at home then pay for daycare. I think a lot of people make that decision. Um, and then she's like, hey, I have time, right? I, I, I've worked with kids my whole life. I have some time. What can we do? The church we go to had a informational meeting on foster care. Sent out the email. I see the email. I said to my wife, I was like, hey, we're probably going to that, aren't we? She's like, already registered. We're in. Like, we're going. And, I, I mean, I'll be, I'll be really honest. I didn't want to do it. I, I, I didn't, and part of that was selfishness of, man, I'm, I'm about to become a head football coach. That's a big responsibility, and I was putting myself first. This is what I, 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 I can't – I can't have anything pull me away from – this is my dream. This is what I want to do. And she's like, hey, this is our calling. This is what we're supposed to do. And we even went to a couple uh, uh, of the classes. You have to get certified, so we go two different times. And I'm still, hey, Linz, I I don't think I want to do this, you know. And then after I kind of start sitting there and she's like, we are designed for this. We're both educators. We work with kids. We have kids. We have an extra room in our house. And then she kind of put it back on me. And part of our saying that we came up with is be the why. Be willing. That's the W than anything in life. The H is do it with all your heart. So give 100%. And the Y is do it year after year. So be consistently doing the things that you have to do to make a difference. And she's like, how can you say, go be the why, but we see a difference and we can make a difference, but we're not willing to do it. And I was like, oh, boy, <laughs> you got powerful. me. That's you got powerful. me. Yeah, you got me on that one. And uh, so we said, hey, and then it was, this is 100% true story. We get our we get certified that day. We're sitting there, we're watching a show, and we get a random phone number. It's from Columbia, South Carolina calls. So about ten o'clock at night, and we're like, "Who's calling us? Why are they calling already?" You know. And she answers the phone. Your extended warranty is expired. Yeah, right. Yeah, we got the. It doesn't pop up robo call or unknown caller. You know. So she answers, and she's like, she looks at me. She's like, "Hey, there's two sisters that need a home. Two little girls." 
and we both kind of looked at each other and first you're shocked that i mean we weren't we weren't certified for five hours and we got a phone call and then the initial was like we're not ready we got to say no and they're like well this is what we did this is what we this is what we got trained for and then they showed up at 11 30 at night and it was like holy cow just that quick you know and, and and then so we cycled through um in foster care the hard thing is you don't know how long you're going to have the kids for mm-hmm. could be a night could be where we're at now with our he's our fifth foster child we have him going on four years wow. we've had him since the day he was born and we've had him every every day of his life you know and when you think foster care you kind of think that short term we probably weren't prepared for that but he's he's now a lendak in our eyes you know and that's how you got to treat all those kids that come into your home so it's been a crazy journey but definitely worthwhile but with with having a child that long i mean do you eventually adopt that one because i mean that's for him mm-hmm. that's all he knows he's he's the lendak yeah that's yeah, all, yeah. That's all I mean, he knows you should see him on the uh uh friday night the boys take him in the tunnel right he is like a, he's a little celebrity around here you know we are we never got into fostering to adopt it was not our intent but we have been certified to do that now if it gets to and it's nothing up to us it's you know i think what a lot of people don't realize is how much of the court proceedings take place like he's four years almost and we're still just kind of in limbo in limbo yeah. yeah so that part of it's really hard and you know a lot of people will say well man what if what what if he has to go back that's what you signed up for and they said, man, a lot of people say, hey, we can't do it because we would get too attached. And my wife's answer is like, that's exactly what it's supposed to be. We can take that hardship on so he doesn't have to, mm-hmm. you know. So it's like, man, oh, man, it's it, it can be gut wrenching at times. But, you know, he's he, he's a little wild animal and he's with the rest of us and he's hanging out every every day of his life. So we're having a great time with it. Before we went on air, you talked about uh, Tyler Fick has scored his first college yeah. touchdown. So congrats to him. Where I'm going with that is you follow your players mm-hmm. even after they're done with Catawba Ridge, mm-hmm. uh, graduation and whatnot. With these young people, you keep in touch with them and, and follow their accomplishments and, and that sort of thing? So all of ours have been very young. Um, we made a decision that we weren't going to have anybody older than our, our children. Uh, we just weren't at the time comfortable for that. We weren't kind of set up for that. So for us, no, we haven't really been able to. We'll ask caseworkers occasionally how things are going, um, and that part that it, that's hard. It's really hard. Um, we have some really good friends who are, are are partnering with us to open the Isaiah House, who who they focus primarily on teenage boys, and that's all they bring in, and they they're able to stay a little bit more close contact with them. So I think a lot of that depends on the age of the kids you, kids you have and the time frame that you have them. Um, but yeah, you know, like kind of going back, like as a coach, you're there with those players a lot, maybe more than they're with their parents for those four years. And I'm probably with them more than sadly to say this, probably more than I'm with my own kids. So you do want to follow the players that leave no different than you'd want to follow a foster child after he left your house. Do you feel like it's being a coach? Do you feel like it's easier to be a foster parent? Simply, I mean, you get into coach mentality. Mm -hmm. All right, we got to come up with a game plan, this, that, and the other. Yeah. It's almost like, uh, it, it it clicks in like okay it's time to go it's fourth and two what's the game plan what's it what's the call what are we running um and it's part of why we did it my wife and I, I mean we've been educators our whole life and there's some people who are doing it 
and not that you know we're sitting in classes and they're talking about different behavior management techniques and things like that for us it's almost second nature at this point we've been doing it for so many years and for some people who maybe they don't have their own kids yet they they, they work in the business where they don't deal with high school or elementary age kids their entire day it would be really intimidating so yeah to answer that question mac i i do think being a coach and, and obviously being a teacher does help with that a little bit that's just a very powerful thing i mean that that's that that kind of struck in the heart yep. um because it's bigger it's bigger than football it's bigger mm -hmm. than any title that's it's, that's a young person's life and and you're setting a standard really yep. And and that's a lot of responsibility, and it seems like you and your wife have taken it on head first. And um, I do think it's kind of a shame that you don't get to know what's going on because I'm I'm sure you you there's a part of you that will always love them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's you know a hundred percent. Even you know if you're the one with it for a little bit, or you know for the guy we have now for for four years, you're gonna invest everything you can into them. You know, no different than what a, it's kind of funny that parallel you have a player for four years, freshman through senior year, and then they go off to college. And there you can kind of follow through social media or through text message. But it is hard when you don't have the opportunity to do that. But like, like we said before, we'll take that on so they can have however much time they have with us. And man, we try to spoil those kids too, right? Like we'll have birthday parties and all of our friends. It, it, it when the saying, it takes a village. Man, we have friends that they – you talk about spoiling a kid for his birthday and spoiling kids, and they'll be like, hey, if you guys want to go out to a date tonight, we'll take the kids. And it's just like that they just support him, and he's, he gets so much stuff. And at the football games on Friday night, he literally – like he'll just bounce around. He's just – every time I look in the stands, somebody else is holding him. Someone takes him to the concession stand, and then somebody else takes it. Like, he knows how to work it. Now, three and a half, he's like, hey, you want to go get me some Skittles? And he works everybody in the stands. He's eating pizza and Skittles. And he, he's he, the mascot. For he the is. Yeah, I mean, he's like a little celebrity, and everybody just, come on, man, we'll take you this time. You know, so he knows how to work it. So but See, that's a, to, that's a beautiful thing. Mm -hmm. that, that's stuff that hopefully he'll remember yeah. Uh, the rest of his life and, and to know that people do have hearts and that there are mm -hmm. good people walking the face of the earth and and there are people that really really care and they yeah. always will yeah um that that's just kudos to you and your wife but I'm, I'm curious your four children how have they reacted to these different mm -hmm. uh foster children through the years they look at them like they're a biological child we have the conversation with them especially with our older two understanding what foster care is understanding why we're doing it because but then after each one will leave do you want to keep doing it are you okay if we keep doing it because if if the if our kids aren't okay or, or Lindsay and i aren't okay with doing it we don't want to bring a kid into a environment that isn't the best it could be so we typically take a really long not a really long break but a long enough break in between that we can kind of reset and refresh as a family now in this case you know we've gone on four years so we really haven't had that opportunity not that we would want it but we had the conversation at a young age you know we have uh, uh, the family it's really really funny um years ago we had to pick a family bible verse and we picked isaiah 117 and then all these years later, we have this opportunity to open Isaiah 117 house. And very long story short, take care of other people. 
take care of the widow, take care of the orphans, take care of those who can't take care of themselves. And so we try to preach that to our kids every single day. And it doesn't mean it's not going to be easy when, you know, a three-year-old comes up and steals your last piece of candy. My 10-year-old will get my eyes. He's he's taking my stuff, but it's no different than what you would do with a biological brother who stole your last piece of candy, you know, and, uh, but they, they love them and they, they don't even like, bat an eye that hey this is just my brother he doesn't look like us but he's my brother and it's funny when we go out people will kind of look like one two three four that one doesn't look like you guys like no he's he's ours just as much as the others you know so are there tears when they have to move on oh yeah yeah definitely that's got to be hard for your children because they they pour their heart and soul into it like you Mm -hmm. said and Mm -hmm. and that's a powerful lesson for them as well yeah such a young age we like to think that we're man if they can if they can grasp 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 the idea of foster care that you know they'll go make a difference in the world somehow some way and that's all we want for them you know as a as a football coach my sons are now playing tackle football for the first time and sitting in the stands i'm like oh i want them to go play college football here and i want them to be the quarterback i want to do this and do that and like the harsh reality is it's it's not going to happen but they can go make a difference. And if they go make a difference for a couple more people who then they inspire to go make another difference and so on and so forth, that's where we're at, man. If we have these, these, these kids that can go do something, and whether it's foster care, whether it's coaching, whether it's teaching, whether, whatever they want to do, we're hoping to instill in them, hey, you know, put other people before yourself. And if you do that, typically good things happen down the road. Now, now be honest with me now. You, you said you're, you're – a dad in the stands yeah all right we also know that you're knee deep into coaching how many times do you have to check yourself like <laughs> keep your mouth shut a lot i wouldn't have made that play call uh, there <laughs> nah, listen uh, i know their coaches and the coaches work really hard and it's fun to sit back and watch but i'm more i gotta be like more i'll try to coach them from the stands i'll be yelling and i'm like i just gotta shut up i'm just gonna die. like I've learned, man, I am not getting on those coaches because I know how it can be. And it's really easy when you run the ball and it doesn't work. You should have thrown it. Now you don't say, really? Yeah, you're right on that one, you know. So um, I'm more, I got to keep quiet and not overstep those bounds and say, hey, you guys got to do this or do this different. You know, it's like I'm just going to sit back and watch and try to enjoy it, which has been really fun. You know, it's good to go to the football field and clock out as the coach and just sit in the stands and not worry about it. So going back to the Isaiah house, when do you see that opening and, and yep. where are we located and yep. things like that? Um, so soon we have a really big uh, fundraiser at the beginning of October, and we're hoping that that will put us at a monetary spot that we have to have a certain number we have to be what be by. And we feel pretty good that we're going to get there. Um, once we hit that number, we then really kind of take the next step of looking for property and looking for a house. So one of two things could happen. We could buy some property and build a house, or we can purchase a house and then kind of remodel it to look like what we need to. And the idea ideally would be like five, 10 miles within the DSS office. Cause what we want to do is be able to have the really convenient for the caseworkers to, to use it and not have to travel too far away. So Rock Hill so if anybody listening has land or house in a rock hill and you want to donate it, let me know. <laughs> well, so how, how can people give? Right. Yeah, so uh, one, monetarily right now. Um, we have a number we need to get to. We're doing great. We have a huge fundraiser uh, coming up the, the, the October 2nd or 3rd. My wife will kill me for not remembering the exact date, but one of those two right there. Um, as long as you remember her birth date and anniversary. That's right. That's right. I haven't yeah. thought about getting them tattooed on my right arm so I don't forget yeah. those again. Um, 
So right now we need that. And then once we get the house open, we need volunteers, people to sit with the kids, people to donate clothing and food. And just, we always say foster care is not, not necessarily for every family. I get it. I completely get it. But everybody can help one way. There's something. And, and what we find is most people want to do something. They just don't know how to do it. So come to an expansion meeting. They meet every uh, uh, Tuesday or uh, the Tuesdays a month at Elevation Church. We're kind of looking for a new location as well here in Fort Mill, and they have different committees. Uh, we did one where we sold lemonade, and I kind of thought in my mind, we're going to do a lemonade stand for two days. We made $11,000. People want to give. We've had people kick in like, hey, we will buy all the supplies to build the house. Um, we, we can furnish a room like that's part of the fundraising event is this room would cost this much money to furnish and people were donating money like crazy, you know, so I think people want to get involved. Um, uh, but you know, check us out on, on Facebook, Isaiah house, 117 York County. And they're on there all the time, just kind of doing the things that, that we need to do to build the awareness phase right now. So when we push out this podcast, I'm sure you'll be okay if we push that out as well. Yeah. Please. Everybody's best foot forward, yeah. whether it's monetarily, spiritually, yeah. time, yeah, all it, of those. Exactly right. It could be time. It could be prayers. It could be money. It could just be, hey, we want to buy a T-shirt and wear it around. What well, we found out, man, when you have we have the, the bracelets and T-shirts and hats and it, the word's getting out, people will ask, tell me about that. What is that? And people are starting to notice and just that awareness phase and how much it really is needed in, in this community. Um, and then you never know. I mean, Fort Mill, Rock Hill, the area's been great. People want to give. People want to help out. And, and you know, maybe you talking to this guy or someone listening to this podcast says, you know what, man, I got that chunk of land. I don't really know what to do with it. Let's, let, 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 let's give it to them or let's help out or let's, I got this money that we want to donate. Let's 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 tie to them this month as opposed, you know what I mean, and to give something. So most people want to want to help out in some form or fashion. Yeah, consider that done. Yeah, thank you, thank you, Mr. Cook. I'm just in awe of all of it. In, so. in thought, questions. No, I don't have any questions or thoughts. Allegations. <laughs> no, I, I'm going to build on the moving from being in the stands and and uh, yelling from up there. To now that I'm an assistant coach, I have to kind of watch my mouth a little bit out on the field and yeah. I've, been, I've been told as much by head coach stack to kind of ease up on the uh the bashing of the officials yeah so oh man it, it can happen you get so emotionally get so tied in with these and it's like man sports brings out some emotion sometimes you know and that wasn't a holding call how did you not see it and you want you want your kids to do so well you know both my son's playing but also my players like that you just want the best, and you got you have to. You got to be emotionally intelligent and keep those emotions in check, which can be really hard at times. Well, I got. I don't think it's because you, you you necessarily want to be right or wrong. It's you understand the impact of what that call has on that young person mm -hmm. and and the impact of that game itself. Sure, wanting them to be successful, and I think that's where it's coming from. It's not a I'm right and you're wrong. Yeah. It's a hey, we, we need that call. Yeah. Yeah. Well, a funny thing, uh, we, we played Rock Hill this week in, in Diamond Prospects. And so the, the older team, I guess you call them the varsity team, played before us. And as I was getting ready to walk onto the field and get ready for our game, I hear this, uh, this voice and it says, Coach Cook, you're out of here already. 
So I'd been tossed out of the game before I even stepped on the field, and I turned around. So a friend of mine, Tevis Vandergriff, who's a who's an official here in York yeah. County, and just kind of got a got a good chuckle out of right, that. Right, right. Yeah, well, your you reputation precedes. Right, that's what you know. It is. You, you start running into the same officials. You start they they start to know you by name. You know them by name. How you conduct yourself matters, right? And, and it's a reputation that 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 the team builds and that you kind of have. And you know, I'm not a big hey. I'd rather try to kill him with kindness. I mean, I get your, oh, yeah, your job. Your job's really hard, yeah. man. I I get it. Just throw the flag next time. You know, like you missed that one. You know, they kind of get a chuckle out of them. You know, as opposed to hey, you're terrible, you're awful. I don't see how anybody's going to be like, yeah, I'll help this guy out down the road. You know, so yeah. A couple of years ago, that I got a little mouthy during a, a baseball game. And my no, head, yeah, my head coach put his hands on my shoulders and famously said, "I love you, but don't get kicked out." Yeah. Um, and so the next game, I walked out to first base coach's box with a mouthful of sunflower seeds, and the guy at first base was Killian Bennett of NAFO, and and we and I've known Killian, and he was like, "Hey, what's going on, coach?" And I went, Rrr. and he was like, "Why do you have a mouthful of sunflower seeds?" So I can't talk to the That's umpire. Right. There you go. Preventative measures. That's you it. know, it was either that or chloroform. I took the lesser road. Um, but coach, I. I I think that about wraps up. Is there anything that you would like to see us do to help you out? I mean, no. Uh, football standpoint, I love I love what you guys do. I know a lot of people listen. Um, you give a platform to a lot of kids. You know, maybe that, hey, bring some kids on every once in a while. Put them out there. These kids, some of them want to play at the next level. Some of them want to do that. And, you know, I think a big thing, we try to, like kind of going back to Tyler Fickett scoring his touchdown, but we try to recognize all of our players that move on. You put put big posters up in the in in the uh, locker room for them, but some of the kids want to do that. And, you know, a lot of times I think the Fort Mill schools, I don't want to say, I don't want to say we get overlooked by any means, but, you know, we, we coaches work really hard to, to get our kids noticed and get them out there. We got some great kids in Fort Mill. We got some football players, some baseball players, some basketball players. Like, we've got a ton of talent. You know, I had a coach tell me after a game, really respect you, what you're doing, especially since you're out of Fort Mill school. We want to change that. It's not because we're like, we're just, we got ball players, you know, and it's changing just, the perception. Yeah, you know, and I know Mike Allen works tremendously hard and Rob McNeely works tremendously hard and they're putting their kids out there and we're doing things that are getting kids noticed and, you know, yeah, have an athlete of the week and bring them on here and ask them some questions and, you know, why is Coach Landak your favorite coach you've ever had? You know, that'd be a great question, you know, or, you know, all those kind of things. Checks in the mail. Yeah, right, yeah. Just make sure they answer, edit what they say on there to make sure I sound really good. But, you know. Um, we actually have, have asked student-athletes to be yeah. on. It's amazing the number of student-athletes that initially are like, yeah, I'll do it, and then when it's – it's, I kinda, think it's a nerve. Thing. It, is. it is. It's funny, it man. Is. Like, and they have nothing to worry about. We got a great program here at Catawba Ridge. They do the Copperheads up. They do a TV program. I think it's fantastic. Put them on camera. So many kids now that type on my phone. If you want to have a text interview, sure. But man, they got to learn how to sit down and talk. They got to learn how to interview. They got to learn how to have conversations with adults that isn't on a screen. That isn't um, well, uh, yeah. Especially right? if they're you going know, to the next level, yeah, they're going to exactly get a lot right. more of yeah, that. Yeah, there's going to be 15 cameras in your face sometimes, and you know, so getting them to do that. And that's other things. You know, it's just so funny. Like a lot of people think 
head coaching, you're just X and O's, man. I'm talking to my kids about how to interview. If the radio station or if the newspaper, the TV asks you, make sure we're saying this, but we're not saying that, right? You know, because they're kids and they're emotional and sometimes they say certain things, so, you know, but I think just those opportunities for them, and that's what we want to do as, as coaches is help them in life after high school. We do need one favor from you, though. Yes, sir. We really, really, really want to have – Rick Lewis on the podcast. Okay, all right. He is harder to find. He's like a stealth bomber. You know, he kind of is in and out. Yeah, he, you, you turn around and he's like, "Where'd he go?" But yeah. you know, he's there. Yeah, he's such you just feel his presence, kind of. Yeah, I can make it happen. I got a good relationship with Rick. Yeah, we found Jimmy Hoffa last week, but we lost Rick Lewis. <laughs> <laughs> he likes Dr. Pepper. We can ride that a little we'll bit, you know. That's not a problem. You know, we'll, uh, we'll get him, we'll get him outdated, on there. But we can get him some Dr. Pepper. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I'll work on him. I'll work on him. Rick's a great man, and I, I enjoy working for him, and he's a great athletic director. But, yeah, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll harass him a little bit and get him out on the show. We certainly appreciate that. And we yes, appreciate sir. your time. We yeah. know you're incredibly Absolutely. busy, especially in the middle of a season. Um, all those children, the, the stuff that you're doing. Yeah on the field and off the field. It's just amazing. And thank you for doing that for this town. Um, we are one town, mm-hmm. for better or for worse. And um, I appreciate you. You've you've bought into that, and yeah. you've become an example of that. And we appreciate that, and obviously your time today. Well, I appreciate you guys having me on and giving me a platform to talk a little bit, especially about foster care and the Isaiah 117 house. It means a lot to me and a lot to my family. So appreciate you doing that and uh, just all your support. And, I mean, the kids love listening. The coaches love listening. So I thank you guys for highlighting high school sports and not just football, but all the sports that matters to all those athletes, you know. So appreciate you guys doing that. Yeah, the head coach of the Catawba Ridge football program, Mr. Zach Lindak. Um, anybody listening, especially from any kind of radio, the why is silent. Lynn Dack. That's right. All right. Lindyak. Lindyak. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's not right. Just Coach Zach. You got to get it right. But head, a big round of applause for Zach Lindyak. Yes, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Thank you. Great nice. job. Thank you. Going to stay with football, but move on to the Nation Ford Falcons and and Coach Cook. I've got to get used to calling you Coach <laughs> Cook now. Um, but and and I guess you need to get uh, adjusted to being ejected now officially instead of just being the the broadcaster where you can just say whatever the hell you want and get away with it. But uh, your beloved Falcons went down to the Columbia area against the team Richland Northeast, the the Cavaliers. A rich history. They've been on the slide. Uh, probably the fast five, six years, give yeah. or take. You felt like Nation Four going in. If they played Nation Four football, that's a dub. Well, and that's what you would have thought going in. And and so we have a couple of football players that work with us during uh, Diamond Prospects as well for the baseball team like Caden Barnett. And you felt like talking to them that they were feeling pretty good about the bye week. They had the nice easy week before of practice. They were able to work on a few things, get some guys healthy. And you start thinking, okay, well, this will be the nice segue into the region, which starts this coming Friday against Clover, which is homecoming for Nation Ford. But that wasn't the case. As we talked with Coach Lindak about Catawba Ridge, sometimes those slow starts are what ends up beating you up a little bit. And the slow start this time was that at the end of one, Richland Northeast, the Cavaliers jumped out to a 21-3 lead. And for people that really weren't following the game all that much and they weren't listening to it on WRHI, you look at that score and think, 21-3, oh, no, here we go again. You're thinking it's Northwestern all over again. But the Falcons were able to score 21 unanswered to actually take the lead in the third quarter. And 
most of that was due to Josh Mayo, who had a career game with three rushing touchdowns and a receiving touchdown. And the Falcons had control of their own destiny in that game, but a turnover late in the fourth with about six minutes to go allowed the Cavaliers to get their game-winning touchdown with a little over a minute to go, and that was the final scores, 41-38. Caden Barnett had a decent game. He was 12 of, I believe it was uh, 23, something like that, uh, 12 of 23 for 132 yards, so not a not a terrible game for him, and he's still learning the offense. And Caleb White did his part by rushing for 117 yards on 21 carries, but again, it's those turnovers that have got – the Falcons reeling, and they're now 2-3 and three going into region play. And that's just something that's kind of been the trend for Nation Ford, starting off slow, then they get hot, and then ultimately something ends up falling apart a little bit. And I'm sure Coach Allen will have them working really hard to get this second part of the season started on Friday night. Yeah, I don't I, – he was, you know, talking very adamantly after the game to his team – uh, and rightfully so, about, you know, they kind of looked at it as like a field trip. You know, hey, we went to Columbia tonight. And, and he was talking about, you know, they weren't, they didn't, they didn't start, they didn't start well. They weren't prepared in regards to like mentally getting ready and getting, you know, things moving. So, yeah, that, they were lucky to be able to battle back to get to the point where they could actually, compete with them because I was thinking and I was down there I was thinking that maybe you know that 21 to 3 you know that's that's a hole they're not going to be able to dig out of but thankfully they were able to dig out of it and it was I mean it was back and forth thankfully Josh Mayo who you know I know he's known for lacrosse but he's he's you know he could easily get a football scholarship you know if this lacrosse thing doesn't work out but um I don't know he uh he kind of single-handedly helped keep them in that game and that was that was huge you know Caleb White did a great job rushing the ball you know and, and again Caden Barnett did great throwing the ball it's just that one mistake but it wasn't that one mistake as much as it was you know they had two turnovers both times Richland scored off those turnovers in a game where it's back and forth like that it's just not something you're able to do and recover from especially when you're down that much initially and wasn't keeping up with a shootout so one thing that that sticks out to me is, at least watching it, I don't have the the fa- the facts in front of me or the numbers in front of me. But what it seems like through five games for the Nation Four Falcons is they're creating turnovers, but they're not getting points as many points on those turnovers as the other team is on the Nation Four turnovers, and and that's a that's a swing, so to speak. Um, Coach Lindak talked about it. If you turn the ball over here and you're in at least a field, field goal, goal range. range right? You turn it over, it goes seven the other way. That's a 10-point swing. In other words, you make one more play, and instead of losing 41-38, you're probably winning the game 38-31 or something like that. Um, so it just goes back to Nation Ford kind of stopped shooting themselves in the foot. Um, so was penalties involved in that game, or was it pretty penalties, clean from that standpoint? It was, you know, like like they've seemed to do most of the season – there was a lot of penalties for Nation Four. I don't want to say a lot, as in, you know, multiple. But they had more first half penalties than second half penalties, and so it was an issue initially in the early going, especially in the first quarter. Um, so they did cheat themselves in the foot a couple times, but 
you know, from from that aspect of it, they were able to recover. They played better from a penalty standpoint in the second half, but, you know, there again, it's, you know, if it wasn't the penalties kind of being their bugaboo, which is not a technical football term, um, don't look at me that way, John Turner, <laughs> um, then it was it was the turnovers, which, again, you know, it has a tendency to happen, and then you just got to make sure that you can capitalize and, you know, if if and that's what Richland Northeast did. So you were kind of hoping that Richland Northeast would be what they call a, a get right game, uh, but now that loss is going to have to fester. But this going to fester into region play, and and the Falcons it doesn't get any easier uh, for Nation Forward. Again, we talked about it before the first, first football was kicked. Their their schedule to excuse my language is he double hockey sticks. It's, it's rough. It is, and you've got Clover. That's bad enough. And Clover may have had some coaching changes and some personnel changes and all that, but they're still Clover. They're a proud program. And so that's going to be tough, especially, you know, bringing them in on a homecoming game, which, you know, as Coach Lindak was talking about, we were, you know, we were homecoming for six straight weeks or whatever. And, and Clover probably sees that on the schedule, and, and they're not liking that probably, thinking, well, homecoming, well, right? Clover's – Clover's uh, – they didn't start well to the season, but now they, they've won two or three – I think they're three and two, and they you know they have found their way. You know, Coach Woolbright, yeah, Coach Woolbright, you know, didn't start off great, but granted, he was trying to put his system in, and you're not expecting them to come out gangbusters in the first, you know, two or three weeks. But they're they're trending up, so to speak, and and Nation Ford's going to have their hands full for sure. I, I I still go back to the math. We talked about the math. We've all done the math if the falcons can find a way to win two region games they're in the playoffs i think that's very feasible yeah and it is very feasible but you look at that as a whole that's another year in the postseason for coach michael allen that's it's going to be some stupid number like 10 out of the last 11 years he's going to make the postseason something like that yeah um so if the falcons can find a way to scratch two region wins i think they're going to the postseason i still still by watching them and, and looking at it, I still think if they clean it up on both sides of the football, they could get to three. I mean, they really could. Blythewood's not playing 100% right now. They've got Fort Mill they've got to play. Um, and, and they've also got to take on Spring Valley. And Spring Valley's kind of down this year. So it, it's the, I think Coach Allen and his staff need to look at it as a glass half full and kind of get those youngsters to rebound and kind of bounce back, put their best foot forward, and, and – and basically play nation forward football. I know that sounds repetitive, but basically don't shoot some foot, don't commit turnovers, pass the ball with efficiency, nice running game. And Caleb White has come along, right? I, th- I think Caleb White has really done a great job picking up the baton uh, from Jeremiah Halestock and the previous great running backs for nation forward. Um, and you talked about a Mayo. And then you have the two tight ends, and both of them have been weapons for Coach mm-hmm. Johnson. So I, th- I, I think nation forward could be – they could be sneaking up on some people. People look at them and go, oh, they're just two and three. They're not that good. And all of a sudden, they get punched in the face. Well, well I, think, I think the Rock Hill game is going to be crucial. Whenever they oh, 100%. play them down the road, that's going to be crucial. So That was the one that I was sitting there thinking about as well. If you get past Clover and Blythewood and somehow win those two games, and then Rock Hill sitting there, they're also a wild card. And they have played hard this season. And 
anything can go there. But you know, you look at that schedule, and you, and I may sound crazy to say this, but all five of those of those region games are are winnable, in my opinion. It you, you kind of feel like whoever wins Nation Four Clover might have the the, the inside best track maybe yeah. for the region three five A. It sounds crazy, but it's not. It's just really not. Um, lots of football to be played, and I'm sure right. that. Tomorrow morning, bright and early, Coach Allen's going to get up and he's going to be full of beans like he always is. Mm-hmm. Um, I like to know what he's on because he's older than I am, but he's got more energy than I do. Color me jealous for I sure. I think he's so. in better shape than at least I can say me. Oh, 100%. Oh, he's me in better too. shape he's, than at least he's probably younger than two me or three too. of us. I mean, so. I walk his sideline and I get winded just walking up and down. He's running up and down for crying out loud. So um, all the best to them. Uh, switching gears to the Fort Mill Yellow Jackets coming off of a win you kind of felt like okay fort mill and the question got asked a lot when's the last time fort mill won two games in a row i had that question at least six or seven people asked me that question either over the phone or text or or direct message and it had been a minute but going to the york cougars you knew that was an uphill battle because of coach dean boyd and what he's got the cougars doing didn't get off to the best start the york cougars didn't but they seem to have found dean boyd football and Fort Mill ran into that Friday night, Mac. Yeah, they they did, and and it was just one of those things where you know they're coming off a win against um, Lou Golf, so you know they're they're heading in the right direction, and you know it's kind of one of those things where York was like, all right, well, so big deal, and and York kind of took it to them, went at them, you know Fort Mill struggled as far as moving the ball, and it's just one of those things where they were unable to actually, you know take advantage of the of the opportunities that they had so you know Fort Mill Falls 34 nothing and and now again they open region play this week with Blythewood that's going to be a tough game that's at home so that's that's a little bit more of an advantage for them for the Jackets being at being playing at the Bob but Bengals are two and three by the way yes Bengals are two and three Fort Mill I think is now one and four, four. that's correct um, so, you know, Blythe was not hitting on all cylinders either. So, you know, anything can happen. So it'll be interesting to see how Fort Mill rebounds from this, if they can rebound from this and, and continue to, uh, you know, move forward and, and hopefully get that region win. That It seemed like to me early on it was Guthrie left, Guthrie up the middle. Uh, then there was a sprinkle in a little bit of Davis um, defensively for the Cougars. Um, they were just, you know what, to the wall. They seemed to be bringing pressure from all different kinds of angles, and it looked like, to me anyway, the one thing they were not going to allow the Fort Mill Yellow Jackets to do was allow Quinn Kelly to beat them with his feet. He was going to have to beat them with his arm, and it just never seemed like Fort Mill could find their their footing offensively. Well, when we talked all show about, um, you know, getting off to quick starts and everything, and that's exactly what Clover did. You know, the the better start you can get off to, you know, the better things will be. And exa- exactly what happened on that Friday night, you know, they were able to get up and they I think they were up 34 nothing and a half. And that's, you know, that's a big hole to climb out of. So it, to me, and it's just my humble opinion, but to me, the the nail in the coffin was up 14 nothing, and the Cougars kick an onside kick and recover it. Um, I think that was the score at the time that that happened. That's a Dean Boyd special. Um, he's always got that ace in his sleeve. You never know when he's going to bring. He might not ever bring it out in a game, but he did 
um, and it just caught Fort Mill off guard, and, and naturally so. Heck, you're you're up 14 and nothing, and you're going to kick it on side kick, but that's what the Cougars did. Yeah, and they were down, Fort Mill's down 21 nothing after the first quarter. So do the math, they're down 34 nothing and a half. You know, they played better in the second half, but it was just, again, too much of a hole to dig out of, so. And so Fort Mill will move on. Like you said, they're going to return home to Bob Jones Stadium. They're going to take on the uh, Blythewood Bengals. Uh, so one and four Jackets, two and three uh, Blythewood Bengals. But, again, a lot of football still left in front of Fort Mill. We talked about it with Nation Ford. You look at the equation for Fort Mill, kind of the same bowl of soup, if you will. You look at Fort Mill, do they match up pretty well with some of these teams? I think they do. And if you look at where they play them, they got them at home. And, and that's going to be a big deal. Um, but you look down the road a little bit, and you can't help but look down to that end, and you see Fort Mill, Nation Ford, and you just wonder, you just have that feeling in the back of your head, is there going to be some sort of playoff implications or that? Is there going to be a region title on the line there? It just feels like that game is going to have a little bit more weight than it normally does, and it's massive already. Well, and that's kind of been the case with just about every sport that these two teams have competed against each other in, and baseball's been the same way. You know, maybe you know a team gets knocked out of the playoffs because of a loss, uh, you know, or you know, like you said, get a region title, and and yeah, I mean, and Fort Mill's playing a lot better than than we saw at the beginning of the season. And I think they can match up with all all the teams in the region as well. So I guess, you know, like you said, a lot of football left to, to, to go, and we'll see what happens when we get down to that game. We'll transition to another sport because I think what you said segues great because there was a knockdown dragout war between Fort Mill and Nation Ford on the court this past week. No um, love. Pardon? No love. See, no, see the tennis joke I threw in there? The, never no mind. Love. Sorry. Sorry. It took it, me a second. It crashed to get and burned. Dad joke. Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately, he will be here all, all week, week and next week and the week after that. But girls' tennis, uh, it was a marathon. Uh, Mac, you wrote about that. Um, it came down to, to the final. It was doubles, and it was winner take all, and the Falcons take down the Jackets. Yeah, it was uh, one of those things where, you know, I stopped by, got some photos, left because I had to go to a volleyball thing, and then came back, and it's still going. I'm like, I'm like, is this still the same day? I'm like, what, what, what's going on? But, yeah, it was one of those things where it was a, a marathon thing. The match lasted over four hours. The the event, the, the, you know, between Fort Mill and Nation Ford came down to number one doubles. And, um, you know, and even with the doubles, it came down to tiebreakers in those two sets. But uh, Nation Ford won 4-3. And then... I think the next day or two days later, they had to play Clover, and then they lost 4-3, another lengthy lengthy um, match there. for The, the emotion of the one marathon might have cost them. Oh, and especially they also played, I believe, on Monday. They beat Rock Hill 6 nothing, so they had – Right. They, they were a little tired probably by the end right. of that week. And so, and ironically, Fort Mill, the next day after losing to Nation Ford, came over to Catawba Ridge and beat Catawba Ridge. Um Four two, so you know that gave Catawba Ridge their first loss of the season. So yeah, Fort Mill and Nation Ford have played a lot of tennis this past week. So correct me if I'm wrong. Fort Mill now four and four overall. Sounds right. And roughly. I think two and three in region, in region play, play, something like yeah. that. The Falcons, on the other hand, um, were undefeated 
um, in region play, but they were four and one overall, four and zero oh after beating Fort Mill. So I think they're now what four and two, four and, and, four, two. and, one, and four and one uh, right, in yeah. region play. Still really, really strong, and and still right there at the top. Um, but again, just two programs, very proud programs, going nose to nose. Um, and CR Tennis is six and one, pretty dang good. Yeah, they're yeah, they're, they're really good. their only loss was the Fort Mill this past week. And they're five and zero, I do believe, in region play. They've got two big matches coming up against Indian Land. Basically, your region three, four, eight tennis is going to come down to Indian Land and Catawba Ridge because both teams have been blown out. Lancaster, South Point, Northwestern, and pretty much other everybody else. So it's going to come down to those two. And they still, because of rain and everything earlier in the season, they still got to play two matches. So that's going to happen within. Next two or three weeks. That's a lot. That's those young ladies to continue to go marathon after marathon. But the mentality and then the strength mentally is going to rise to the surface. And I think Fort Mill and Nation Forward that they'll they'll be there at the end uh, to rock and roll. We did have a champion crowned this past week, uh, gents. I think it's the first ever York County Golf Championship. I think it was every school in York County except for South Point. Yeah, South Point's down in golf this year. They only got like three players, so they pulled out. Um, but the event tournament was held at TGK Golf Club, and Fort Mill ran away with it, shooting a 342. Uh, Catawba Ridge was second. Um, some, if the math is right, 17 shots back at 359, and then Nation Ford was third. With 361, so so you're Fort Mill schools. So you're Fort Mill schools me, are great you. in golf. Uh, everybody in York County, but South Point, and your top three finishers are from what town? Fort Mill. Uh, say that go. again. Yes, Fort okay, Mill. Okay, just making sure everybody understands that. Uh, Mackenzie Finn shot an 80, uh, Capuzzo an 84, Sam Benton an 85, and then Coach Reeves talked about this. Mac, um, he felt like the difference was uh, Olivia Seifert uh, yeah. shooting a 93. He talked about needing that quote unquote fourth score. And he felt like that Olivia gave him that, and that was the difference. Yeah, and I think it helps, obviously. And he and he even admitted that it helped playing at TK, their home course, and they played the coves and the pines. And you know, if you've ever played over at TK, you know how hilly it is. How you know, topography is not exactly uh, the uh, the best in regards to walking and stuff. So, yeah, it was a it was a pretty good tournament. The only thing that really kind of hurt things was you know the darkness they had to pick up some of the rock hill teams after it went dark uh literally so um you know that's just the way things kind of worked out but yeah it's it was a good showing for all three local high schools uh catawba ridge played northwestern later in the week uh shot a 181 to northwestern's 223 um they're five and one i do believe and Nation Ford is 6-0. They beat Rock Hill. Uh, Fort Mill also played Clover at River Hills, and they're 5-1 overall. So, um, yeah, the Fort Mill-based high school teams are uh, pretty good in golf. And then not only that, but you mentioned that Rock Hill match, and they uh, well, they got to take them on at Springfield, their home course, and uh, just you know decided to squeak by a 35-stroke win over uh, our oh, friends down in southern York is, County. Is that all? That's it. How generous of you. Who says chivalry's dead? Tally-ho. Tally-ho. Speaking of dominance, you've, you've still still got to talk about swimming and still got to talk about cross country. Yeah. Um, 
Fort Mill did well again in both both uh, sports this past week in swimming. Fort Mill beat Rock Hill and Blythewood in a tri match, tri meet over at Rock Hill Aquatic Center. Fort Mill swam what I like to call a perfect meet, meaning there's 22 events, there's six relay events, and then 16 individual events. Fort Mill won every single one of them. Um, That's crazy. That, that doesn't happen often, so it's kind of like throwing a, a no hitter in swimming. If that you know, if you you blank the opponent, basically. If you yeah, if you can keep up with the analogy, like our perfect game. Um, so yeah, Fort Mill's still on a roll. They have the and they moved this originally, and, and I missed it on the schedule. So the genius in me shows up at Fort Mill Aquatic Center. And there's like three cars in the parking lot. I'm like, oh. The one that was postponed. Uh, yeah, I'm like, uh. -oh. uh. So I walk in there, and of course, Cindy's in, Cindy Van Bruskirk, Fort Mills swim coach is in there, and her kids are swimming laps. Just like, you know. So, hey, Mac, how you doing? I'm like, um, I don't see any buses, so what, what's going on? But yeah, long story short, the, uh, the Fort Mill fallout, which is what they call basically the Milltown showdown, is this coming Thursday, the 28th, between. Fort Mill, NAFO, and Catawba Ridge, so um, should be a good, good swim meet. Um, again, the only real loss for Nation Ford so far this year has been against Fort Mill, and uh, that that pretty much will wrap up swimming on October seventh. They'll have the region meet, which is an individual meet for basically the Crown Individual Region Championships, and. Um, yeah, and then from there they'll they'll move on to the state, which is I think October fourteenth and fifteenth, somewhere in that time frame. They are basically doing the boys one day and the girls the next because it's a it's a long day for you know if you if you do them both the same day. So they have now start and they've been doing this for years. They now divide it up, do the girls all on one day, do the boys all on another day. So was there any news this past week from cross country? Yeah, Fort Mill, uh, again, uh, they had a home meet, so to speak, home being at the uh, Ann Springs Close Greenway, and they won. They beat, uh, in a, it's like a four-way meet. They beat Nation Ford, Blythewood, and Clover. Uh, Olivia Cleveland uh, came in three days ahead of everybody else. <laughs> and um, Isaiah Campbell also won for the boys, even though that was a little bit closer race. Um, he still won, so... And then Nation Ford on Saturday, uh, their boys finished second out of 34 teams, and their girls finished third out of 47 teams at the Hound and Hare Classic. So Say that three times real fast. I can't even say it once. Yeah. So, yeah, cross country, uh, they're, they're not letting the uh, grass grow under their feet for sure. Well, in cross country, they've got a busy week. Uh, coming up for Fort Mill, it's a busy week coming up. And NAFO, um, for that matter, too. And NAFO, yeah. It's on Saturday, uh, the Starlight uh, Run Invitational. That's at Riverside, uh, my old stomping ground. Um, but I feel like the stomping will be done by the, the blue and gold, not the blue and red of Riverside. <laughs> uh, just one humble person's opinion. That is my alma mater, by the way, so it kind of hurts to say that, but mm -hmm. it, it kind of is what it is. And then on Tuesday, uh, cross-country versus Rock Hill. So, uh, big week for Coach Whitaker and his staff and his young men and women um, and Nation Ford as well. So Yeah, they also have the, the – in addition to having to run against Rock Hill and Fort Mill on, on – is it Tuesday? 
Yeah, Tuesday uh, on uh, during on Saturday they go to the Asics Invitational at Beckert Farms. Not exactly sure where that is. Do they sell peaches? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Abbott Farms does. Abbott Farms does. <laughs> yeah, great stuff for sure. Yeah. Um, there was also another championship crowned uh, this past week, um, and it happened, I believe. It was the Warrior Classic. I think that also happened at Riverside. Uh, switching over to girls of Indian Land. Oh, Indian Land. I'm sorry. Beg your pardon. I, I got my Warriors mixed up. You got up. your Warriors they're both, mixed up. They're both Warriors. Uh, girls Volleyball for the Fort Mill Yellow Jackets. Uh, an interesting week, both up and down. Uh, Tuesday, they went down to the Columbia area, and they blanked Spring Valley 3-zip. Came back home to the friendly confines of the Hive on Thursday. Lost a tough one to Clover. I think they won the first set. And then it was just struggle bus after that. Uh, I talked to Coach McCory after that match. Let's just say she was less than pleased because um, she will let you know really quickly how, how the match went. But then on Saturday, Fort Mill had to take on Carmel Christian. They're out of Union County, I believe. Beat them 2 nothing. Beat Lugolf Elgin 2-1. to Then lost to Pendleton 2-zip. Then turned around and beat Indianland 2-zip. Then had to play Pendleton again. Winner take all, and they beat the Bulldogs this time to zip. And the Fort Mill Yellow Jackets are the Warrior Classic champions. Tory Bowling, senior for Fort Mill, was all tournament team. Uh, Jackets are now 11 and 4 overall, 2 and 2 in region play. Uh, this week they take on some team called the Nation Ford Falcons. That'll be a knockdown drag out. Uh, that one is at the Hive, I believe, on Tuesday, Wednesday at Catawba Ridge, then Thursday at Blythewood. Quick update about where Region 3-5A stands in girls' volleyball. Rock Hill and Nation 4 tied for first at 3-1. and one. Clover's 2-1. and one. Fort Mill 2-2. Two and two. Blythewood 1-3. Spring Valley 0-3. Oh where I'm going with that is this match between Nation 4 and Fort Mill is huge. It is absolutely huge. Fort Mill could put a dent in Nation Ford's ability to win the region and keep their region hopes alive, or it could be – a death nail to Fort Mill of Nation Ford and Craig Brown and his troops watching walking to the hive, Keith, and, and take down the Jackets. That'll put them in control of the region at that point. Right, and uh, the Falcons did go 2-0 and in the region this week, beating Rock Hill and then Spring Valley, and they basically played an entire season in one weekend down at the tournament at Dorman, and they went 5-3. and They beat uh, Dona Bennett, then beat Blythewood, lost to Dorman. Lost to North Myrtle Beach, lost to Wando, and then beat St. Joseph's Catholic, River Bluff, and St. Joseph's Catholic again to win the silver division of that tournament down at Dorman. It's that team again, Dorman. And um, Mama, there's that man again. That's right. And so Fort Mill and Clover for the, for the Falcons this weekend in girls volleyball. And, and like I said, that will be the inside track if they – somehow can get past the Yellow Jackets, and then they have to look ahead to Rock Hill later on next week to avenge that one-region loss. So the Falcons play Rock Hill Thursday? It'd be next week, I think, Tuesday. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, Um, Rock Hill, I think Rock Hill's back when it comes to girls' volleyball. Oh, I think so. Oh, yeah, for sure. It's a a sad, yeah. They kind of fell a little bit, but, yeah, the Bearcats, they're back. kind of sad that, you know, it's not going to be as dominant with Fort Mill teams, but, you know, they beat – Rock Hills beat Fort Mill. They beat Nation Ford. So, now – Who did they lose to in region script. play, though? I don't even know. <clears throat> Say again? Who did they lose to in region play, Rock Hill? So they're 3-1? and one? Uh, They are 3-1. and one. Um, 
probably Clover. I think it was Clover. Because Clover beat I think it was Clover. Fort Mill. Clover beat Fort Mill, but then I think Clover lost to NAFO, didn't they? I think so. I think they the have one, and then the one loss for the Falcons. So now it's just so a, it's a, it's a smorgasbord. So figure that um, tiebreaker out. But I think it'll right now it's a mathematical. It'd be a derivative you'd have to solve at this point. But huh? I think it's a, huh? What? That's a that's a math thing you wouldn't understand. Yeah, you said no math. You, you were right. It's um, Thursday the fifth. They play Rock Hill at home. Uh, so, at home. Yep. So there you go. And and I think this will all. It's all marinating at the moment, but I think it's going to kind of work itself out at the end. Um, what it looks like to me, not knowing what the brackets look like, I think if you're one through four, you're solid. Um, and where they're at right now, that would be Rock Hill, Nation Ford, Clover, Fort Mill. I think those four teams kind of beating up on each other. Blythewood's at one and three. Spring Valley's at zero oh and three. So um, unless – Unless the South Carolina High School League gives Region 3-5A a fifth team like they did last year, who's to say, who's to know? Uh, but a lot of volleyball, a lot of good volleyball. And speaking of volleyball, pretty good. Uh, Coach Lee, well, Coach Lee C times too. Um, <laughs> Alicia <laughs> and her husband doing a great job for the Copperheads, and those volleyball programs are solid. Yeah, the Copperheads girls volleyball are 6-0 and now. They beat uh, South Point 3-0. This past week, they also beat uh, Northwestern 3-1. So they've been through the region once. They've um, beat everybody. Now they're going back through again. Um, they're the front runners to win the region. Uh, if you, if you got to put money on a horse, you know, I, I would bet them because – all right, Mr. Ed there. Um, but, yeah, they've got three Not matches the coming up. They've got uh, York Seven. again, which they should – they they beat York in four last time, so they should at least be able to do the same. They got Fort Mill, which is obviously a non-region thing, but that'll be a that'll be a tough battle. And then they've got Lancaster, which they um, they will beat Lancaster. They should sweep them 3-0 because Lancaster's not won a volleyball match this year. So, um, but yeah, they're front runners easily for Region Three Four A. They're eight and four overall. So yeah, they've got uh, they've got things rolling. So. Folks, get out and come see these teams play. I guarantee you it is worth the price of admission, whether it's the Nest, whether it's the Swamp, or whether it's the Hive. I'm telling you, these young ladies, they bring it. These coaches, they know exactly what they're doing, and they're going nose to nose. The gloves are off. It's go time. And you're going to see some some really nitty-gritty stuff here over the next couple weeks, guys. It's going to get a lot of fun. Um, as long as you're not one of the fans of the schools that's getting tattooed, you're, you're like, hey, this is great. <laughs> well, and they they don't back down to anybody either. No, I mean, you look no. at the, the, the schedule that NAFO had this weekend, having to play North Myrtle Beach, Wando, and Dorman. I mean, those are all three title contenders in the state of South Carolina, and they went nose-to-nose with them. And Fort Mill and Catawba Ridge are no different. They're, they'll, they'll play anybody, anywhere, anytime, and just name it. And you name it, yeah. And, and I think that just helps these programs just get a little bit more edgy and just get a little bit sharper, kind of like kind of like making a diamond, right? It's a little rough right now, but I think it's going to be sharp as a tack come playoff time, all three schools, and they're going to be looking to take people out. There's a lot of town pride going on right now, and these young ladies are wearing it. 
Um, and, and more power to them. And, and Rockville lost well. to Blythewood. Yeah, boys, I just yeah, looked it up. Blythewood. Well. Oh, that was their Blythewood. only win of the season was against Rock Hill. Well, Blythewood. Hill, okay. yeah. The Nafog boys uh, beat Rock Hill and Greenwood uh, this past week, boys volleyball. And then Fort Mill had a huge win over Clover. They did. It, it, the week did not get start. The week did not get Good Lord. Say that three times fast. I'm not a journalist. Um, the week did not get off to a great start for Fort Mill. Did I say it right that time? I'm a little confused. In English, I'm yes. Trying, in English, yes. Uh, don't ask me to say it in French. It would be an epic fail. Oui, oui. <laughs> the bathroom's down the hall, sir. Thank you. Um, Monday, they lost to Indian Land 3-1. to one. Uh Coach Tamisha Martin, head coach of the Jackets, uh, for obviously a first-year program. I talked about Coach McCord being less than pleased. Coach Martin was not less than pleased. She was PO'd uh, because she was mad it's at down the hall. because she felt like her boys did not play. They didn't put their best foot forward for whatever reason. But they came back on Wednesday night in the hive against a very good Clover Blue Eagles team, and they really picked up the pace. It was night and day. Those boys on Wednesday night were sharp as attack, and they went nose to nose with a very good Clover side, um, and and came out victorious, three to one. Now a couple of those sets were kind of tight, admittedly, but again for Clover, and, and you watch Clover play, and you think, good heavens, they're really really good, and they are. But Fort Mill just kind of picked up their game and 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 won that. Um, this week is a big week. Wednesday night against Rock Hill, that's huge, um, as it as it is going to be uh, going forward. And then Thursday, revenge on the mind as they go across the Sugar Creek Bridge and take on the Indian Land Warriors. I got a feeling there's going to be a little – it's going to stick in their craw a little bit as they go across the creek. Real quick before we get to, um, to the other two schools, I want to mention this real quick. I did hear a rumor this week about what the – league might come out with from a playoff standpoint playoffs playoffs the jackets are six eight and two i know that sounds like a, a hockey record or a soccer record but uh four and one in quote unquote region play now folks i know we've said this a lot but just remember not every school is playing boys volleyball uh blythewood's not playing you now uh, spring valley doesn't have one so what the quote unquote regions are and what the playoff seedings will be the rumor on the street is you're going to have about 16 teams in the upper state and 16 in the lower state, and it's going to be based on resume. And then they'll basically have a eight and eight. So basically, if you're in the top eight, you're at home. If you're in the bottom eight, you're going on the road, if that makes sense. So uh, top seed against the last seed, and then two, kind of like the NCAA basketball tournament, if you want to think about it that way, one versus 16, uh, two, It's 15. kind of like how they do lacrosse because not yes. every school yeah. yes. has. Great right. point. Lacrosse and, so. and the 4A baseball this past year, they did it that way where they seeded them one through 16 and just kind of let it let it go from there. I'm just my humble opinion. I think that's the way to go. I, I think too. that's the way it should be. Yeah. I think all this uh, monkeying with brackets and all that stuff, that's hooey. Uh, you stop trying to make it quote unquote fair or right or, or even for whatever. If you're one, you're one. If you're 16, you're 16. Go get them. Yeah, if you if you're your good enough, is what it is. Doesn't matter what your seating is because you're still going to have to go through some of the top teams anyway to get through. That's correct. And Indian Land, not to not to belabor a point, but Indian Land vo- boys volleyball, they're nine and two. They're they're pretty stinking they are good. Very good. Yeah, 
So they're, you know they're solid. They're very athletic. Yeah, they um, are. They're they're front line. And it's they not their first the year. It's not their first year. They're this is their second year doing this. So a little bit more experience. It's kind of like with Clover. They've just got a little more experience than yeah. anybody else. So that's a big win for Fort Mill. Yeah, for sure. But but congratulations to Nation Four because remember I think they were was it zero and six at one point. Yeah. But now look at what they've, they've got, got in three, the last three wins. Weeks. Yeah. Yeah. They got um, three wins. Again, of course they've like, got Clover and Northwestern this week, which are two very difficult teams as well. But they'll be at home. And 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 if you play in the nest, I wish you all the best because I see you know, my opponent didn't even know it. But that's a tough place to play. You could be playing tiddlywinks or underwater basket weaving. It's a tough place to go play. And I'm sure the Falcons Nest will be jacked up. I hear there's a pretty good broadcaster over there. I'm trying to remember his name, but it'll Never come back to him. me sooner or later. But, um, again, it's kind of like NASCAR. We talked about that. When Nation Ford got on the struggle bus when the season started, it ain't how you start, it's how you finish. Falcons are coming along. Um, so. So. Uh, yeah, for Catawba Ridge boys, yeah, they're 14-7-1. They uh, pretty much, you know, this was Rock Hill week. They uh, swept Rock Hill 3-0, and then they swept um, South Point 3-0. So, again, it's coming down for them. It's coming down to the Catawba Ridge boys and Indian Land boys in Region 3-4A. And it's, um, it's going to be tough. They haven't played each other yet. They play on Monday the 25th at uh any land to start off with so it's it's going to be uh, pretty good and then they got um i think that's pretty much it for them for this week then they got to play clover which obviously is a non-region game they got a uh, home match against bowling springs and then they play uh they host any land again on october 11th so that that match right there could come down and um could be a deciding factor for the region I, I got it. Ain't this fun? <laughs> well, it's it's kind of like watching a. It's like reading a novel, and it's just getting down to the end, and you're like, "How's it gonna finish?" Yeah, it, it's great. I mean, it it, it absolutely is. Volleyball start. It's it's coming down to the to the end of it. Girls tennis coming down to the end of it. Uh, volleyball. I think the championship is what November the second. Um, Something folks, like we're that. Yeah. At the end of September. And you only got maybe. Three four weeks for swimming, and that'll be done. Because swimming is one of those things that yep. they finish earlier than anything else. So in October, right? Yeah, mid October, roughly. Um, so yeah, that'll be interesting. Yeah, a lot, a lot, a lot of great stuff from the Catabridge Cabrez, Fort Mill Yellow Jackets, Nation Ford Falcons. Don't care what color you bleed. Um, go out and support your team. Go out and support these young men and women. They're putting on a show. They deserve the platform that they're on. Uh, go out there and, and raise Kane. Um, I've noticed that the, the crowd at boys' volleyball games starting to pick up a little bit. And it got off to a little bit of a slow start, but word started to get around town. All of a sudden, you're seeing both fan bases show up and make noise. That's great to see. Well, you got competitive teams, and I think that helps because, you know, boys' volleyball is one of those things where you don't really know, you know, who's going to win because it's so new, you know, and, who would have thought that, you know, as diverse and as well as Clover is, that Fort Mill would have beat them? You know, Fort Mill, a first-year program, basically goes in there and, and beats them. So, yeah, it's it's uh, it's very interesting, These this new vo- boys' volleyball. Yeah, it, it's no longer a niche thing. It's 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 mainstream, and it's, it's here to stay. Uh, that is for sure. Um, 
Any other thoughts? I got a couple of things. Go Since we're here to promote student athletes, uh, of course, we're the only high school in, in Fort Mill that are is participating in the Diamond Prospects Baseball League, Fall League. But the, uh, the black team beat Rock Hill 5-4 this week. And the red team, which I helped coach, beat Rock Hill nine to nothing. And these young guys are fantastic. They're hungry. They they want to win. So the JV program and varsity programs over at Nation Ford are looking pretty good. This week, the red team goes to South Point on Tuesday, and the black team goes to Northwestern on Wednesday. Um, Liam Quinn pitched fantastic for the red team the other night, and um, friend of the show Mitchell Ladamas. Got a base hit and a walk and scored twice. So good for him. Switching yeah, over from football. Yeah, Mitchell. He's he's he didn't still steal a base. Uh, actually, he did steal a base. Oh, so yeah, say, yeah, man, yeah. He did. Mitchell Adamus doesn't steal a base. I want a refund. <laughs> exactly, refund of the money. That's right. Uh, and to some young ladies that we don't really hear much about very often, the cheerleading squad from Nation Ford is they have the Falcon Invitational at home on. Wednesday, I believe it is, and then on Saturday, they will be participating in the Battle at the Bluff down at River Bluff. And I'm glad you brought that up because Fort Mill cheer, that was going to be my my finisher as well. So uh, big ups there, Keith. Uh, Fort Mill cheer at the Nation Ford Classic uh, Wednesday. Uh, they've got the time, 6.37 p.m., and then at 7.59 p.m.-ish. Whoa. <laughs> right, and then on Saturday – uh, the Battle at the Bluff, home of the Gators, River Bluff High School. Uh, let her rip, Tater Chip. Um, if you want to see some stuff that will actually make your back hurt without participating, go watch these <laughs> cheer competitions. What these what these young people can do is phenomenal. The contortion and all these flips, just it kills me. It, you cannot be scared of heights to do cheer. There's just no. the, the front flips. The, the, it's amazing. Yeah, it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. And they take it seriously. I mean, they're dead serious about it. They, they, they're they there to win. Well, a lot of them, by the time they're at high school, in high school, they've been doing it for a decade. I mean, you look, you, most kids, you know, they're signed up by four or five. So by the time they hit 14, 15, they've already got a year of, of cheering or a decade of cheering and tumbling and, and all kind of acrobats under their belt. You know, not to plug any particular uh, brand or, or company or whatever but uh, a case in point you look at a lot of the ladies that do cheer for Fort Mill they're impact one all-stars which is competitive cheer and that's a very competitive uh, company and and those coaches they mean business they're not there to just have fun and do a little bit of tumbling and tor- they're there you're there to make sure every beat is taken care of it's right on the nose um, I'm excited to see the routines I really am uh, they're going to be phenomenal. Uh, get out and see that. It, 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 that's again, especially you, at Nation Ford this week. Yes, it's local. You don't have to be a fan of of this to enjoy yourself. Trust me when I tell you that. You walk in at the gymnasium and you want to be entertained. By golly, you will be entertained. You will walk away going, "Holy smokes, how'd they do that?" 100%. I did not know the body could move like that. No, well, mine never has, and it never will. I mean, when they do that, that the double, and then they go high in the air, and they're what two and a half stories high i mean my nose starts to bleed it's it's crazy the triple uh, lindy from rodney dangerfield and back to school oh yeah 100 <laughs> percent. yeah yeah just, why are you at the chiropractor i went to cheer and watched them play <laughs> you know it's crazy but um but please 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 get out there and support these young ladies and men they're 
putting on a great show. They're competitive, all winning teams, all winning programs, doing a great job in all 20 sports. Um, just go out there and, and support them. And again, remember, not all of these things cost money. Some of these stuff you get in for free. And remember what they say. If it's free, it's for me. It's for me. Uh, so, so get out there, wear your green and gold, wear your blue and gold, wear your red and black, be supportive, root on your team, and have a great time doing it. Gentlemen, I think that's going to wrap it up for this week. Mac, anything? No. Senior Cook? <laughs> Go Panthers. Coach Cook? Um, yeah, I, I have to admit, uh, confess a sin, I'm actually listening to, to them in my ear as we're recording this. Uh, <laughs> oh, they're 13, they're leading 13 to 12. Yeah. Are they the playing? The Seattle Seahawks, oh, who've given up 844 yards total yards in this game <laughs> in the in the last two in the first. No, two but weeks the Dolphins the had 792 yards of offense. I think somewhere in that neighborhood today, and that's the insane. Dolphins hung 70 on oh, the Denver Broncos. That's insane. 70. I'm waiting for all the Dolphins fans to say we're back. It's just like the U down in Miami. Yes. We're back, and then they go back. five well, and six. They're they're back until Tua gets hurt. And, and, right. by the, and by the way, the first time that Sean Payton as a head coach has started the season 0-3, yep. the one time he did it was, I think, 2016 with the New Orleans Saints. Uh, so a great head coach. But that tells you the kind of the muck the Denver Broncos were in. Yeah. He's got to go in there and mop the floor and right. kind of rebuild the foundation. Well, so. I, think some, I think a defensive coordinator may be looking for a new job. <laughs> but you also have to – you can't take the, anything away from the Miami Dolphins. Right. I mean, Tua Tungavailoa is is doing a great job. Tyreek Hill, mm -hmm. why the Chiefs let him go, I will never understand. I, I understand either. the Chiefs won a world championship. I get that. But you watch Tyreek Hill, the cheetah, as he's yeah. called. Um, he made a play earlier today where he it was just a deep cross. He beat the cornerback to the spot, tiptoed the sideline, and scored a touchdown. The defensive back had the perfect angle, and this dude blew his doors off. If you don't call that fun, you you need to get a life. You need you need you need help. Yeah, my Ohio family—they're all Dolphins fans, so they're all beating their chests right now. And I'm sure, rightfully and so. for rightfully so, it's exactly been a for the Miami Dolphins. It really has. It really and has. and uh, a couple of my friends, the Noonans, their their father was a starting wide receiver on the '72 Dolphins, and they're all up in arms about all this too. So good for them. Enjoy your time. I mean. We've all been on that side where our team was doing well, but, you know, unfortunately we've been on that side where they're not doing so well. And when they're down, ladies and gentlemen, that's when you need to up your support, not slump. You need to up it. Exactly. Um, that's when Go down with those the ship. teams need you the most. Um, don't be a bandwagon fan. Please do not be a bandwagon fan. I don't want to have that rant again, or I might end up in Facebook jail soon. Yeah, we're gonna. You and I are gonna have to have a, a podcast, a spinoff on why you think the state's going garnet. But you people need help. I've known that, Mac. Okay. Well, people ask me all the time, "Hey, man, how you doing?" And I tell them the truth. I hadn't been I all the help. way right since about 1987. And they look at me funny, and then they realize, "Gee, he really is old." Holy smokes. Um, which it's true. It's true. I'm 40, what am I, 48? I don't remember. I'm 56 and feel it every day. Oh, I got a piece. So can we close well, this we out? We can close it out. <laughs> Apparently, um, okay, Forrest Gump. Congratulations. How's it feel to be on all the I'll have to pay. Um, great, Mac. That's a great way to finish it. Ladies and gentlemen, we're going to let Mac go so he can relieve himself. But thank you all for tuning in and for listening. We really do appreciate the support. 
the number of listeners continues to increase each week. That's a tribute to y'all and y'all spreading the word about um, our podcast. If you got any ideas on how to make it better, let us know. If you want to be on the show, whether you're a coach, whether you're a player, if you're a parent, if you're an administrator, if you're part of the school district, let us know. As you can tell, we don't shy away from anybody. We would love to have you on, and there's no pressure. Young people, there's zero pressure. Come on, have a good time. Uh, if you want to know, ask some student-athletes that have been on. Uh, we, we try to have a good time with them. Uh, we'll be back again next week, hopefully with another great guest. Uh, again, big ups to Zach Lindak and his Absolutely. time today. He's always a great interview, always great full of beans. Um, and, the, and the best of luck to him, his copyrights, and the Isaiah Project as well. So that'll do it for us, and we will catch you crazy kids again next week for another edition of Mouthy Meltowners. But until then, so long, everybody.